Hello and welcome to Finance, Energy and Beyond, brought to you by Stanbrook Consulting, a specialist recruitment consultancy for the finance and energy markets. I'm your host Jack Hopper and in this episode I'm joined by David Otodeco, Head of Prudential Regulation at Association of British Insurers. David shares his thoughts on representation and why taking action is so important. Hope you enjoy. David, welcome. Hi, how are you? Very good, thank you. How are you? Not bad, not bad. It's been a it's been a busy week, but it's Friday, so yeah, can't can't really complain. Looking forward to the weekend. Not gonna lie. <laughs> good, no worries, no worries. David, tell tell the audience uh, who you are and what you do, and and what's made your day really busy. <laughs> now, a- a- excellent. So, look, my name is David Odstecko. I am the ABI's head of Prudential Regulation. In layman speak, that basically means. I drive industry policy on prudential regulatory matters across topics like Solvency 2, soon to be renamed Solvency UK, IFRS 17, financial reporting, corporate reporting, elements of climate change, sustainability, things going on on the international stage coming out of the IIS, so the International Capital Standards, Holistic Frameworks, etc. and various other things coming out of the regulators, right? Like operational resilience, recovery and resolution, various things. So that that is what's keeping me busy. The, the remit <laughs> is very, very broad, right? And you need a certain level of uh, dexterity and being nimble to, you know, pick up these things as they come up and sort of run with them. And quite frankly, actually remember them and what's going on because there's so much happening, right? So, yeah, that's the nature of my job. Busy, busy man. Lots and lots of uh, plates to spin. Um, And the the reason why we're having a conversation today is to talk about diversity and inclusion, being it is Black History Month. um, You've been nominated for a Black British Business Award, which we'll get onto in a bit. Um, But that's what made me thought, you know what, let's let's talk to David because I'm sure he's really interested and got some really great views. I just Mm. want to hear from yourself really, like what does Black History Month mean to you? So it's an interesting one because I, I I almost sway between two perspectives and and there is a there is a middle ground right. There's the first bit that basically says look, black history and black issues aren't really part of the mainstream discourse as a matter of course right. So a period of time time bound where you know there's focus on it is actually a really really good thing because awareness is a really important thing if we're trying to drive forward. Um, our agenda on diversity, equity, and inclusion. So part of me says that's amazing. And look, this this time round, obviously the focus is on women. And look, I know so many amazing women in our industry, and and wider, right? You talked about the Black British Business Awards. I mean, I was nominated in the category with a couple of amazing women. And I think to myself, look, the, the female talent we have out there who are black, it's, it's just phenomenal. So that's one end of the spectrum. The other end of the spectrum is, look, I consider almost black history is British history. I consider black history is world history. So why are you trying? So it's the Morgan Freeman thing, right? Why are you trying to relegate my history to a month? That 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 does get to me. And I think partly what makes it even worse is sometimes I feel like after the month finishes, everyone downs tools and jumps on the next thing. Right. Yeah. And there isn't that follow up. There isn't that you 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 feel like okay, yeah, you get the, the awareness is there now. So what? You know that that yes. so what is missing. But I mentioned there probably is a middle ground, and to me that middle ground is look, we are having Black History Month. 
it is time bound. It is about raising awareness, but that's not the end in itself. That's with a view to actually making black history, British history, world history, etc. So it's all, it almost feels like a continuum if we consider a process. Right. And we're basically steps on a journey to making black history mainstream. And look, it's not just I know I know it's Black History Month, but I'm I'm firmly of the view that when you're considering diversity, equity and inclusion, particularly diversity, you need to think about intersectionality because people yeah. aren't one dimensional. So I'm black, I'm of a certain age, live in a certain area and, and all that type of stuff, have certain religious beliefs. So quite frankly, there are various elements to me, right? And just simplifying it and just identifying me and pigeonholing me into he's black, that's it, is is for me oversimplifying who I am as a human being, right? So I think from that perspective, yes, great that all the awareness is basically going to be on black people and what's going on with us um, this month. But also, I think we all need to be mindful that it's not just about dipping in and dipping out every October. It's about making sure that we're on a journey towards making black history recognised as British history. Yeah, and, and we've had a conversation previously. It's about action. So, yes, we can have conversations and things mm. like this. It's great for awareness. Let's have conversations. But but so what? What's the action from this? And this is why this is why we're talking to so many fantastic individuals that are doing great things, because we want we want to give a bit of a spotlight to individuals that are doing fantastic things. Mm. But we need to support them on their journey. Yes. For them to grow, but also for the next generation. No, exactly. So there's a clear exactly. pathway as well. And yeah. I, I wanted to talk to you about your industry, like um, in terms of like black representation in your industry. What's your what's your thoughts here? Um. As an industry, we have we we've made giant strides in recent times, but we have a lot more to do. Um, again, back to my original point of I think about diversity quite holistically. Yes, I know I'm black, and yeah, it just gravitates towards oh, he's black, so focus on the black side of things. But I also look at gender, I look at age, I look at I look I look at various things. So what's mm -hmm. happened recently? Obviously, I think in one family, um, the insurer, the mutual insurer, one family, Teddy Inyasha, has now stepped down from being CEO, and quite frankly, he's the only black CEO I know. Um, so that's like, ah, uh, you know, Jim Islam, who's taken over for him. Look, I've I've known, I don't know Jim personally, but I've known of his work for a while. So not disparaging or saying anything disparaging about Jim. He's going to do a fantastic job. But Teddy was that person I could always point to. And go, like, you know, we've got one here. We've got one there somewhere, right? Now he's gone. So look, I think we need to work. There's there's a lot more work that we need to do. I think even on the gender side, again, I could say the same thing about. And Penny James, when she stepped down from direct line, again, don't know Penny personally, but I've seen her work and I've seen her in action on panels and the speaking events. And she's someone I re really, really highly. So you see those people sort of like leave and you think, ah, you know, the representation is, is, is not where we want it to be. But I think there's a recognition across industry that, look, we have a lot more work to do, right, to get to where we want to get to. And I think this might be controversial, might not be controversial. We need to balance that desire to get greater representation at C-suite and, and, and levels there with actually the desire of the individuals in terms of what they want to do, right? You can't assume that every black man wants to become a CEO. 
for example, and people always look at me and say, David, famous last words, but I have no desire to become a CEO, right? So if someone set up some fantastic diversity program where they spend, I don't know, thousands to try and get me ready to become a CEO, kind of wasting your money because it's not my ambition. So yeah. I think we need to balance that desire for greater representation at C-suite, but also taking into account the desires and wishes of the individual and people want different things and you can't overlook that. Can I, quick question for you. So this individual that was CEO that's now left, having mm. someone in a senior position and someone to look to and say it's possible because yeah. there's someone who I can relate to. Mm. How powerful is that? Oh, it's very, it's very powerful. Um, and I think actually sometimes even people like me, I kind of need to pinch myself when people say you're a role model, right? <laughs> I think it's very powerful. I'll tell you a story, and this may or may not be a good story, but I'll tell it anyway. <laughs> when I joined the ABLs during lockdown and I was growing my hair, which I actually am growing again. Now, I was growing my hair and I went through a phase where I had like cornrows and I had like twists and everything, right? And people were like, oh, why are you doing that? Because it's it's not common, I think, for people at my level to have interesting looking hair. Let's put, let's put it that way. And my desire at the time was hoping that, you know, someone somewhere that lives in Tower Hamlets, black or otherwise, would somehow stumble on the ABI website and actually see a picture of me with my funky hair and go, "Ooh, how did he get there? You know, and that kind of builds awareness about the industry and makes people want to join the industry. Mm -hmm. um, so I don't think we can in terms of I think we have a challenge of attracting talent to our industry. And part of that challenge is certain people, black or otherwise, probably thinking uh, there's no clear roots for me into the industry. And actually, I don't see people that look like me in the industry. So what chance yeah. do I have? So I think there's there's a bit, it's, it's, it's a healthy pressure, but here's a pressure on people like me to actually be visible, right? And put ourselves out there. So other black people who are interested in joining insurance go, ah, do you know, someone looks like me is actually in the insurance industry. How did he get there? And what is he doing? And all that type stuff. And they do the research and, and get a bit more, curious about what the insurance industry can offer because in terms of the variety of roles and the kind of work we deal with my goodness it is so broad I mean I ran through what I deal with myself and God knows I'm not the busiest person in the industry right I know some people who do some really really amazing things across topics that are really topical so like climate change like sustainability you know biodiversity diversity and inclusion which we're kind of focusing on so it's not just your typical I suppose technical, you know, mathematical, actuarial, like risk management -y type stuff. Those things are all important, but actually talking about topics that have a social purpose and touch the individual, you know. And look, I'm hearing that that's what's important to people these days. It's like, okay, insurance industry, what are you doing to address these like social issues, right? And I know a number of members in my industry, look, they take their social purpose very, very serious, right? It's not just about the bottom line. It's actually how their activities and, and what they do as companies impact the man on the street, which is really, really, really important. Yeah. Thank you for sharing. Really appreciate mm. that. Uh, I, I want to talk a little bit about like what, so we spoke about um, getting more representation across the board, right? Is there mm. any specific action that, that you're looking for from conversations regarding black history, from conversations about diversity inclusion? What's your thoughts here? I mean, there's quite a few things I can think of. I think 
a lot of people in my industry have spoken about the role regulation has to play in in sort of boosting representation at C-suite and and maybe just 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 below. So it's very pleasing to see that the regulators came out with a um, consultation paper. I think it was a couple of weeks ago now, where they talk about using the senior managers and certification regime to actually boost diversity, equity, and inclusion within firms by essentially giving someone on the firm's board a responsibility for diversity, equity, and inclusion. I think that's going to drive, and I've been, I've written I've written articles about it. I think that's really going to drive a step change in terms of what the industry looks like from a diversity mm. perspective in in the years to come. So, excuse me. Look, hats off to the regulators. Really, really pleased. They well, it's still consultation stage, but I'm hoping that clearly the proposals make it to final policy. Aside from that, look, I think. We talk about the tone from the top and the importance of leadership when it comes to organizations. And I think that holds true, right? It's important for leaders in the businesses to actually role model the kind of behaviors you want people further down the hierarchy to, 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 to demonstrate. And that has to include, look, walking the walk and talking the talk, right? It's not just about talk, it's about how do you deal, how do you treat, <clears throat> how do you treat others in the organization that basically look not like you, that look different from yeah. you? You know, how do you demonstrate that you appreciate and you acknowledge difference? How do you demonstrate that you're part of creating an inclusive culture within the organization? And how do you actually break down those barriers that prevent those diverse individuals from attaining their full potential or reaching their full potential? So it's about the full suite of diversity, equity and inclusion. But it's not just about within organizations, in, in government in terms of the people who lead our country, it's very, very important that they actually recognize the state we're in as a country. I mean, I saw an article earlier in the year from a UN working group that basically said, black people of African descent in the country are scared of systematic racism and various other things. That was that article. And the response from a government spokesperson at the time was, this is very superficial analysis and does not reflect what's going on in the country. You see that and you think to yourself, well, you know what, wishful thinking, <laughs> but you really need to take stock of where the country is at, right? There was another article, I think it was last week or two weeks ago. Again, a similar type survey, I can't remember the name of the organization that did it now. A similar type survey, 10,000 black people, um, identified pretty much the same thing that we still have an issue with racism in this country and there's still systematic bias and systematic discrimination against black people and it doesn't stop there right you i think i saw something yesterday about hate crimes on transgender individuals going up through the roof 11 percent or, or or something it, it cuts across every protected characteristic you can identify in the Equality Act, right? So this isn't this isn't just me like fighting for black people and saying yeah. across the board, discrimination is rife. And for a government spokesperson to come out and say, this is superficial analysis, as opposed to sitting down and going, look, we have a problem in this country that we need to use all our tools to fix. I think that's sad. So I think leadership really need to sit down and have a look at themselves in the mirror and go, do you know, we have a problem here. And the more we bury our heads in the sand about the scale of the problem, we'll never fix it because the only way you move forward is actually by identifying you're not in a very good place right now. And that's understandable because not a lot of people are, you know, it's not yeah. a bad thing to be like, oh, we have a lot of work to do, but it takes true leadership to go, we've got it wrong so far. There are things we need to fix and we need to start acting now. Burying your head in the sand yeah. is not going to get you there. 
Um, so I think I think the tone from the top within organizations, within government, really, really important. We talk about things like Black History Month, talk about things like various amazing initiatives like Dive In, etc. That raise awareness. But back to my original point, you need to have you need to couple awareness with action and accountability to move things yep. forward. So it's like, Mr. X, you've gone to this dive in festival thing, right? You've learned so much about X culture and what whatnot. And you've come back and you've sat at your desk and you cracked on with your job and done nothing with that. You know, if he came back to his desk and his manager goes, oh, you went on that thing, didn't you? And you learned about this, 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 this. You know what? We're going to tag on an objective for you that we're going to link to your performance. And at the end of the year, we'll have a conversation. Have you performed against that? Watch people act. Watch people. Yeah, move exactly. People will start to do things. And the locus of all of this is the action of the individual. You can have the most fantastic culture out there. If people don't actually put these things into practice, then it's all going to fall over. So we need to hold people to account. Everyone needs to act, not just black people. It's not. Yeah, we're talking about black people now, but it's not just my problem. It's everyone's problem. And we, quite frankly, all need to act. Finally, you can tell I've been my bonnet about this in terms of the lack of action, right? <laughs> Finally, what I want to say is there is a ton of activity out there. As I say, we're talking about Black History Month now. I mentioned diving. Yeah. On, on an almost daily basis, you see this new program coming up where this person's doing this, this person's doing that. It's fantastic. I'm not, I'm not knocking the activity. The activity is fine. What I will say is a lot of these things have been going on for years. I don't know how long Black History Month has been going on for. But I still just reeled off those stats to you and those studies to you earlier that says we're still in a really, really bad place. Now, it's easy for people to point fingers at those who they think are willfully ignorant about discrimination. It's easy to do that, right? I think there's a saying I heard somewhere, if you point one finger at someone, you have three pointing back at you. We need to sit down and take stock of the effectiveness of all the programs we've set up to actually make sure, one, they're fit for purpose for the reality we find in the current day, and secondly, are they actually coupled with action? Back to my original point is awareness is great and it's a necessary thing, but you need to we need to drive tangible action. Right. So I think people need to take stock. People need to you know, take a breath and go, is this thing actually working? And back to my original point of true leadership being about being honest with yourself. If things aren't working and you need to pivot, things aren't working and then pivot because kidding yourself that all the flurry of activity is what's going to solve stuff without actually being intentional about your objectives versus whether you're achieving those is not going to get us anywhere. That's just superficial. So I think and it, like you say, be honest as well, because exactly you sometimes see some of these stats from some of the top firms as well. Mm. And, and and you kind of question are the stats swayed in a certain way yeah. to make them look good rather than there actually be action rather than it just being looking like we're doing something. No, I completely um, agree. Um, I, 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 I wrote a blog once called DEI, Diversity, Equity, Inclusion. So we look good, now what? Well, we look different, now what? And the idea there was, you know, quite frankly, tweak a few HR practices here and there, be very deliberate about who you hire, choose to ignore their skill set, just hire them for what they look like and the fact that they're different, right? You have a company that looks, you know, on paper, very diverse. And you can reel off stats and go, in the last year, we've hired, I don't know, 80 black people or 1,000 people over 50 or whatever. You can reel off those statistics and try to paint yourself a really, really good picture. 
But if you don't have an organization that has a culture that is equitable and is inclusive, you can look different, but those people are going to suffer because what they're going to find is I've been hired for what I look like, but no yeah. one in this place really cares about who I really am. I can't bring my whole self to work. That's another that people talk about. Oh, are you bringing your whole self to work? Are you bringing your best self to work? I think you're bringing your whole self to work because quite frankly, on a daily basis, what I deem my best differs, right? Today, I might run a 5K. I'd run, but I run very slowly. I might run a 5K in like 40 minutes, but then some days when I don't even feel like running, I'm running close to 30 minutes, you know? So what's best varies on an almost daily basis. So bring your whole self to work because that recognizes that you're not at your best every day. And that's yeah. fine, you know? But back to my original point. So, and this is the thing about, sometimes I have a bit of a bee in my bonnet about the focus on diversity at the expense of equity and inclusion. And the reason I have that be in my bonnet is because you focus on black people this month, then you focus on women the next month, then you focus on older people this month. And you, if you have an organization or a culture that focuses on, regardless of who you are, what you look like, the power dynamic in this place is such that if you come in, you'll reach your full potential and you can bring your whole self into work. That's gonna drag diverse people to you. If you focus on diversity alone, and you don't focus on equity and inclusion, you will have very frustrated people who feel like they've been hired out of tokenism, not because of what skill they can bring, but just because they look different. And that's very counterproductive, right? So, yeah, I, I, have, I have so many yeah, thoughts on I've, these things. I've had, some, I've had some friends even, that um, some of my black friends from my yeah. old company, just like certain, certain situations where people like touch their hair and things like this, and it's just like, it's just not normal behavior and he's like, i don't feel like i can just be myself and have my hair the way that i want it, want to have it and these sort of things so lot lot lots to learn still and lots really to improve yeah. on. there's there's some um, there is so much to learn i saw i saw someone post on linkedin the other day a black lady talking about the anxiety she has about her hair I think I saw that's a real that's a real thing yeah i, I have I anxiety it. about my hair so my hair is currently at a stage where it's it, it looks a bit weird because it's not long enough for me to do anything funky with right and then part of me thinks actually is this acceptable part of me actually does have fears of if i make it really really funky is that going to be acceptable because mm -hmm. i know i will stick out given what i do and and where i am and, and the sort of work i do but yeah there's a part of me that still thinks even though there's nothing in my sector or my current employer the abi were amazing right there's nothing that makes me feel it won't be acceptable but a part of me still yeah. has that tiny fear that mm, you know you, you never quite know and that's 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 sad that's a sad place to be you right and my my, co my ex-colleague who i actually interviewed as well he had a senior manager Mm. Um, who, who had the conversation and he used to have like uh, colourful hair and he basically looked different to much other bankers mm. and he had the conversation with him said look be yourself be exactly who you are I'm who I am yeah and you'll be accepted for whoever you are that's don't amazing. change that's how it should don't, be right? and you need that sometimes you need that senior individual to say don't change mm. I've employed you because you're fantastic yeah the no, way I think you that's are. amazing right isn't it uh, I think that speaks to the culture of a place, doesn't it? And this is why it's really hard to sort of delineate between DEI and culture. I think they're, they're intertwined because the culture has to be such that I feel comfortable coming into work with my funky hair or hair in cornrows or braids, right? Because 
I don't feel anyone in the organization is going to do anything other than accept me. Yeah. You know, culture so is no, very important. No judgment. Yeah, exactly. Thank you for sharing your views. Uh, yeah. Really do appreciate your honesty. Um, so you, we mentioned at the start, you've been, congratulations, you've been nominated for uh, the, is it the Black British Business Awards? Yes, it is. Um, thank How's you. this come about? Congratulations, Irish. Great. Um, look, I'm not going to lie. I didn't know too much about the Black British Business Awards. <laughs> um, and we've we've spoken we've spoken so far about um, black underrepresentation in my industry at C-suite and maybe one or two levels below. Right. So, look, the whole process engaging with the award ceremony has just been an eye opener for me because I live in my own micro bubble of insurance and every now and again yeah you might see things on linkedin and media and see like amazing black people doing great things elsewhere but just going in so we've had like we've had various meetings we've had uh, 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 recordings and various things just seeing the number of black people doing excellent things in different industries it for me i mean i was gobsmacked quite frankly because you kind of just don't know there are that many yeah. people doing great yeah. things and you really do feel alone sometimes depending on what sector you're in so look went in there met a number of amazing people doing amazing things in their industry and yeah i remember speaking to a judges panel on uh, what would it mean to you to win obviously everyone wants to win right but the fact is i already feel like i've won because before i walked into that room i didn't know those people and i didn't know they were doing these amazing things but now I do, and I actually feel like, you know, black people are doing pretty good, you know? Yeah. Um, for me, that's a victory. That is that is a victory for me. So, look, I think we have the um, ceremony on the 13th of October, fingers crossed. As, as I say, I'm in a category with two other really amazing people. Um, so, look, whatever the outcome, I think just the celebration of black excellence and knowing that, you know, we're doing good for ourselves in various sectors and various walks of life across the UK and I'm part of that you know it it make it yeah it does feel me of pride if, if this one feels special it feels a bit different good yeah you, look, you deserve it you're doing some great work so uh, congratulations and th that brings us to the end of the podcast uh, we've mm. got a bit of a closing tradition um, so I'm going to ask you this question David uh, can you name someone within your black network who's really inspired you and and tell us why so, I mean, I mentioned Teddy at the very beginning when we were talking about CEOs. Look, I've known Teddy since um, my days at PwC. And look, I've, I've seen him rise um, to CEO of One Family, but obviously now he's leaving. So he's always been someone for me who's been inspirational. Snoop on his LinkedIn every now and again, see what he's posting. And he, look, he was always a vocal supporter of the mutual sector and the work that one family are doing. So, I mean, Teddy will be missed. I'm hoping he remains in the city and the sector in some capacity. Um, Rob Anafi, he set the bar very high with his with his tradition of wearing traditional African garb to, 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 various, to various events, right? I have half a mind of actually turning up to it to the black british business thing in traditional african african outfits and look that would be that would be testament to rob and look i think rob's doing an amazing job i think people think of the role of the cro and think it's it's about risk management but quite frankly it's a difficult job because oftentimes you can find yourself at loggerheads with others at c-suite because your view is one of risk and their view is one of growth. So finding that yeah. sweet spot is actually sometimes very difficult. It's a hard job. 
So I have a lot of respect for Rob. Um, have you ever heard of the rapper? And he's actually a speaker as well called Akala. No, I have not. No. He is probably one of the most eloquent speakers I have come across in my life. Like I listen to him and I think, wow. And it's not bluster. It's not just fancy words. He actually backs up what he says with facts, historical or otherwise. And I listen to him and I go, oh, wow, dude, you are really inspirational, right? In terms of just his ability to communicate his ideas and actually make points that leave you feeling like, do you know, I had no riposte to that. You've, you've landed you've landed a really, really good point and wow. supported it. So, um, look, I, I can go on. And to my point at the very beginning of this, I look to many different people in my sector for inspiration. We have the likes of Amanda Blanc. We have Tracy Blackwell at Pick. These are, look, women leaders of some huge insurers, right? Whilst we do work with them, etc i still take a step back and go wow i really admire what you're achieving doing what you're doing so i look to a lot of people for inspiration not just black people it's people across the spectrum really appreciate you uh sharing that and uh thank you no for problem. coming on the podcast today thank um, you for having me I think it's been fun what we'll, what we'll also do is we'll we'll be sure to share some of your articles as well it'll be great for some of our listeners to to read some of those as well so for the moment david thank you and i'm thank sure you. we'll speak again soon no, definitely. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Thanks, Jack. Thank you.